love music, live sport. Tapes up with Derek Smith and special guests on Rock Sport Radio. Hello and good evening. I'm Derek Smith bringing you this week's Tapes Up as we discuss all the news, views and interviews from the world of Scottish Speedway, encompassing, that's the word of the week, the respective interests of Glasgow Tigers, Edinburgh Monarchs and Berwick Bandits. We are revved up once again here in the Tapes Up studio. Thanks to my guest last week, Willie Dishington. The show, alongside all others this season, available to download on podcast if you've missed it. Tonight, I am rejoined by the Bandit in all senses of the word. Welcome back to the hot seat, my good friend Gary Tate. Evening Derek, yep, thanks for having me back. Well listen, given the fixtures over the weekend involving your bandits and my Tigers doing battle, it had to be you tonight Gary, we'll pick over what happened, stresses and all shortly. Fair to say though, it has been, as we previewed on last week's show, about a telling week of action. Yes, it has. I mean, we've got a bit of everything, even the more more uh, woe in the old weather front. But uh, but yeah, uh, some really good meetings to cover in the show tonight. The business end of the season, Gary. Let's dive in then and cover off what we aim to cover on tonight's show. We'll look back to last Wednesday night when Edinburgh Monarchs simply had to win at Somerset. Would Friday night be all right at Somerset, as Somerset made the return trip to Armadale Stadium and Glasgow expected to host those Berwick Bandits at Ashfield Stadium, both meetings being must-win for all sides involved. Saturday night saw a festival of Speedway at Berwick's Shieldfield Park as the Bandits staged back-to-back league meetings against first Edinburgh and then Glasgow. And only yesterday, Edinburgh travelled on to Tyneside to try and wrestle an away win from the Diamonds. We will plug in all results as we take an updated view of the current championship standings and playoff positioning. And yes, we will preview the week ahead as all three Scottish sides go back into action. OK, Gary, play along now. Clutching, throttle on, tapes up. Oh, sorry, Derek, I've touched the tapes. We'll need to go back to start again and I'll go off 15. Off oh, 15, yeah, your usual place. Oh, always behind me, Gary. Right, the rather, the rather rural oak tree arena was the nervy setting for last Wednesday night's league clash as the local Somerset Rebels would complete their home league fixtures with a much-awaited visit from Edinburgh Monarchs. Failure to win on both sides of the pits was not an option. Gary, we previewed this particular meeting three times already because of the weather but uh, third time lucky the meeting did take place suffice to say ahead of start time it will have been a very nervy night for both clubs yeah I mean what you said earlier on it's a a business end of the season and you know both clubs are trying to to get the fixtures completed so yeah uh, both going for the playoff place or Somerset's in the playoff place just now Edmund trying to get there so yeah Nerves, nerves all round, really. And very much, very much, much awaited. While Somerset would be at full strength, Edinburgh were forced into a potentially critical change as Leicester's Ellis Perks was brought in as a guest for the still-injured Cameron Heaps. Gary, Ellis Perks will have been selected on previous form around the Oak Tree Arena, but the Monarchs must have felt surely that they were they were weakened without Mr Heaps on their side. Yeah, certainly. I mean, Ellis has um, scored a couple of decent scores. He, he guessed for Birmingham, Birmingham and got 10 paid 11. Uh, and for his own club, Leicester, 8, eight, eight plus 1. So, yeah, but Cameron, Cameron's been in really good form this year. And fortunately, he's had you know, two or three injuries. It's kept him out just for short spells. But, yeah, they would have they would have preferred to have Cameron in the in the, uh, the side. No disrespect to Ellis, but I think they would have got you know, so a good score off of uh, Cameron. I've got to agree. Listen, we previewed this meeting three times already on Tapes Up and uh, we called out it was a must win. We suggested Edinburgh could go close given the makeup of the side. The result, though, at the close of play on Wednesday night was Somerset 55, 
Edinburgh 35 defeat for the Monarchs, no points gained, and uh, we'll, we'll talk shortly just what that what that meant uh, post Wednesday night. Ellis Perks um, scored two points only in place of Cameron Heaps. Um, what a disastrous start for the Monarchs! They had five retirals, Gary, in the first seven heats, uh, and found themselves down by 18 points after just the, the first half a dozen heats on Wednesday night. That, that was practically game over after heat six. Yes, I, I think so. I mean, you know. It, it didn't get any better actually they were 41-19 down after 10 uh, and although they did stage a mini you know revival in the remaining you know uh, heats um, the the damage was done early doors Somerset hit them hard early doors and, and yeah game over really the Monarchs only provided five heat winners on Wednesday night uh, the heat advantage scoreline was Somerset 8 Edinburgh 2 only Rory Schlein top scored for the Rebels on 13 points Nick Morris scored 10 Chris Harris 9 Nico Vati and Anders Rowe eight apiece and Nathan Stoneman at reserve scored six for the Rebels Edinburgh depended very much on Sam Masters to hit a dozen from six rides Willie Lawson, seven rides under his belt on Wednesday but he scored nine points which is very creditable and Ricky Wells, eight, were the, the pick of the scorers for the Monarchs. A, a fit Cameron Heap, Scary would surely have made a difference to the Monarchs on Wednesday night but but, but given the scoreline given the, the battering the Monarchs took over those, those opening heats even Cameron Heap's contribution surely wouldn't have made a sufficient difference on Wednesday. I, I don't think so. I think, as we said earlier, the, the Somerset came out, you know, and, and, and hit Edinburgh hard. So, I mean, Cameron would have scored more than two, absolutely. Um, no doubt about it, but it maybe wouldn't have, have changed the overall uh, result of the meeting. So disappointment in this much-awaited meeting was, in the end, a damp squib for the Monarchs. Credit to Messrs Masters, Wells and Lawson for their efforts. Beyond that, though, very little resistance to the Rebels cantering to a comfortable win. That result on Wednesday night between both sides would still very much be on the minds of the Riders as they met again just two nights later, this time at Armadale Stadium. While Somerset would travel without Armadale track expert Rory Schlein, who picked up a knock in the Premiership the previous evening, Monarchs were hugely boosted by the recent return of Cam Heaps. The respective missions were now a little bit different for this meeting, Gary. Still very much must win for Edinburgh as, as they, and they would then look to their further two away meetings of the weekend to try and climb above the Rebels, whereas Somerset would target 42 points or better, enough to claim at least a point uh, and, that, and that would uh, put them safe practically in the, in the playoff. So the mission slightly slightly different on Friday, but nonetheless still nervy. Yes, uh, indeed. And even though Edinburgh did take quite a defeat on, on the Wednesday, you know, a, a big one at home would certainly help them. Uh, as you say, though, Somerset still Need that point to to get into the into the playoffs. So yes, they again it's kind of role reversal, but you know, nervy for both sides. Yeah. So Monarchs fans, of course, would gather at Armadale on Friday night, demanding a, a big performance from their team given the circumstances, and that's exactly what transpired. The final scoreline was Edinburgh fifty-seven. Somerset 32. Uh, that loss, presumably, of, of Rory Schlein didn't help the, the Rebels cause, uh, cause Gary. Six points only gleaned from the rider replacement rides. But uh, a, a whopping result for the Monarchs. I mean, you look through their, the, the, their scorers. Uh, um, young Connor Coles was the lowest scorer. He still managed four points. Yes, I was, I was at the meeting and, uh, you know, Edinburgh, again, they, they did 
to Somerset, what Somerset did to them. They they hit them from the off, and uh, and they were looking, uh, yeah, very very racy at Armadale. Uh, you know, you know, for me, Morris and Cavati were the two outstanding riders for for Somerset, and but nothing more really after that. Nathan Stoneman tried his best, absolutely, but uh, I mean, I, w- I would give big call outs to Willie Lawson again, and, and even James Sargent um, for in the engine room. You know, they they performed very well on on Friday, um, and Josh Pickering. As well, uh, the all-action Josh Pickering at Armadale. You know, it's it's good when he misses the gate. Another nine-point score, as you mentioned, for William Lawson. Cameron Heats, we've talked about him already, contributed 11 points to the Monarchs' tally on Friday night. A comfortable night then for the Monarchs and another impressive late-season performance from William Lawson, who spoke with our Armadale man on the spot, Graham Munsey. I mean, no bad start, eh? But it was just a little slow in the corner, so I couldn't get alongside him, eh? But, um, no, pleased with my performance, pleased with my third ride as well. Felt a lot better, like. Overall, obviously, we've spoken quite a few times about the season. You felt you were getting sharper as it went on. A, a good performance at Somerset on Wednesday, nine points backed up tonight. I think another nine paid ten, maybe. Um, you know, you must be happy. And it, it could just end up being a case of the season ending a bit too soon for you. Ah, that's it. But not as long as it used to be as well. Eh? Like, a lot less meetings and that. Like, and uh, I'm kind of lucky to still be here, right enough. But um, no, happy. Like, just taking a bit longer than I can hope for. Like, but um, no, I've got engines working good. Starting's got a lot sharper. And um, track as well. Track was brilliant tonight. Like. And then for the Monarchs' point of view, obviously we know we need the away points to get there, but first and foremost was making sure Somerset got nothing tonight, because if they'd have got anything, that would have killed our playoff hopes. We did that quite resounding, and then it was quite a comfortable victory. Yeah, so it was kind of, you know, they got a 5-1, I think it was 8-3, I think, and uh, it closed the gap a bit, but no, it's still the way in the end, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night at Berwick, but I was there last week at Birmingham, and it was just, just a motorway, just sort of concrete, like, get and go, like. A wry laugh from, uh, from Willie in an interview there, Gary, about about, uh, about being able to last the season, given some of his performances uh, earlier this year. His late season scoring, though, is what the man, what the Monarchs had banked on all season long. Yes, I mean Willie. Um, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago, really. Where he was, he was a heat leader. You know, Absolutely. He was in the, yeah. in the, you know, the two thousands. Um, he was, he was a heat leader for the the side he was riding for. So yes. Equipment, fitness, that kind of thing. He's getting there, and you know he's starting to score some decent points. So uh, you know, fair play to the lad. And of course, he's, he's sitting on top of an engine loaned from Sam Masters for the, the remainder of the season. And you know, I, I, I'm not saying that in its entirety has led to the transformation because the, the effort's still got to come from from the pilot, of course. But uh, it just shows that that combination of you know machinery and confidence is is what it takes to score points at championship level speedway. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, as we said, he's he's been upping his game and. You know, I, I think it's kind of particularly at home, very strong at home, uh, you know, Edinburgh. I mean, they've always had a good home track advantage, but, you know, you can see all, all of the riders, like particularly Friday night, they were scoring well. So, immediate job done for the Monarchs on Friday night. Now to gear up for the biggest away meetings of their season. No wriggle room now available, requiring four-pointer league wins at both Berwick and Newcastle if they were to make the playoffs. Those very meetings to be discussed shortly. That must-win sentiment would very would, would also very much have been in the Ashfield Stadium air on Friday night, as management riders and supporters of Glasgow Tigers and Berwick Bandits, Gary and I included, were set to gather in battle. That was until around 3pm on Friday afternoon when the meeting was called off due to persistent rainfall throughout Thursday into Friday and right into the afternoon. 
Gary, I think that's fair to say, to, to, yeah, it was a much awaited clash. You and I were uh, you know, as keen as anyone to, to see this uh, unleashed on Friday night. To say there was much disappointment is a, an understatement. Yeah, indeed. I mean, it, it was a, an anticipated meeting. I think it would have been a cracker. I mean, Berwick and Glasgow, uh, you know, very much up for it, uh, particularly with Glasgow being having the home defeat last week to Scunthorpe. Yep. Berwick, I think, I've, we said previously that when it was cancelled the first time round, we were getting you probably... At, at, a point in time where you were maybe a little more susceptible uh, but I thought we'd lost that opportunity but I still think that maybe on Friday night because of what happened against Scunthorpe and again your new Danes haven't really had meetings we could have maybe come in you know and, and got a result as well but uh, you know Glasgow would have been up for it just as much to to reverse what happened against Scunthorpe so I think it would have been a cracker um, but you know unfortunately the only winner was the weather. The motivation was there for, for both sides on Friday again. I have to say, I was a little surprised when the news first came through on Friday of the postponement, although having since seen photographs and videos of what is clearly a saturated track, it, it was clearly the right decision. Fair to say, though, that the cancellation hasn't done either club any favours, Gary, given the, the clock is uh, quickly counting down to complete all fixtures. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, you know, when do we fit, fit these in? Um, so... Never good, but uh, I'm sure where there's a will, there'll be a way, and we'll we'll get it done before uh, before the the cut off. But uh, it certainly causes headaches for both clubs. So with both clubs still destined to meet on track at Sheffield Park the following night, they will have to reconvene in Glasgow in the next ten days. By which point, the respective must-win circumstance could well be history, or will it? Not a lot of time for the Bandits or Tigers to dwell on the implications of that rain-off as the following night they would face each other this time in the Borders town. First up though, as the starter to the night's double-header event, the Bandits had to face up to East Coast Northern rivals Edinburgh Monarchs, themselves facing up to their remaining playoff qualification challenge. Genuinely a must-win for both sides. Gary, before we talk about the racing and the results, it, it, it was, and I, I was pleased to be part of it on Saturday night, it was a huge and unique occasion for Berwick Speedway, and indeed Scottish Speedway, all three sides and supporters there together all at once. Yeah, I mean, as both you and I are, are quite long in the tooth in terms of the, the number of years we've been supporting Speedway, and I, I can't, <laughs> I nice can't remember. That's you said about me a long time. <laughs> But I can't remember uh, for league meetings. I remember three-team tournaments That's right, between yep. in the 80s where we used to kick off the season with the, the three-team tournaments. I remember them, the, the, the fans being together, but not a double-header to bring, you know, your full... Well, your, your support down for full meetings in terms of, you know, Berwick v Edinburgh and Berwick v Glasgow. So, yeah, it was it was a meeting that was really anticipated. The Speedway Fest, I think we called it. The club promoted it on social media and everything very well again. And, yeah, there was big anticipation and uh, I don't think it, uh, it disappointed. No, and the weather couldn't have been kinder either in Berwick on Saturday night. Let's go straight to the result then. A no contest in the end and a knockout blow served by the Bandits to the Monarchs. Final scoreline, Berwick 60, Edinburgh 30. Gary, first reactions to that scoreline? I haven't seen Edinburgh on Friday night and what they did to Somerset. I was expecting a far tougher meeting because uh, the Edinburgh were gating well. They were they were they were fast, pacey, mm -hmm. and I thought you know this, up, this up for the fight. Absolutely, um, but on at Berwick on on Saturday uh, there wasn't much fight there at all. I'm, you know, and, and I'm not going to be you know be overcritical, but but you know when you see riders. If they're last after a couple of laps, yeah. two three laps, and then they kind of start just tailing off at the back, mm -hmm. I don't I don't like to see that personally. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not sure what the Edinburgh fans thought about that. You know, with the riders not necessarily appearing to try too hard. Um, you know, so uh, I mean, Sam 
put up a fight. You know, he was he was good there. Uh, you know, for for his score, um, Ricky. He scored seven, I think, but uh, but you know I was I was a bit disappointed with with Edinburgh um, as I think the, their fans would be. Yeah, I don't disagree. A, a thoroughly solid scoring performance right down the line for the Bandits, though. Special callouts for Leon Flint and Cody Garcia, nine apiece from reserve, Gary and uh, Cody in particular. Gary Flint mentioned in, in, only in last week's show that Cody had been in a bit of a slump, and my, my golly, did he uh, was he pulled out of that on Saturday night? Well, to be honest, you know, I commented on on the Edinburgh side of the thing. I mean, just to 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 say about Berwick on Saturday, I thought they were magnificent. You know, they were gating well mm-hmm. um, and really, really solid. You know, hats off to to well, Jai Etheridge for me. He was he was he had a paid match, his first paid match of the season against Edinburgh, and. Um, yeah, Cody. Yeah, Cody seems to have got his uh, got his confidence back. I know he's been working hard on his fitness and mm-hmm. and that. So, so but I think all of the bandits, you know, hats off to them. They thought they were they were magnificent on uh, against Edinburgh. Absolute pass marks. Reaction from the Berwick camp shortly, but defeat on Saturday night wasn't meant to be on the Monarch script. Here's Cameron Heaps talking to Graham Munsey about his night. One of them ones that uh, everything went wrong. I don't know. I just burnt two sets of clutch plates out. We swapped everything over after I burnt the first set out to try and eliminate what was what the problem was. But I don't know, man. Done the same thing again. So yeah, like I said, we'll put tonight behind us and uh, crack on. And um, yeah. Hopefully finish it tomorrow with a with a decent meeting, and then what we've got left, I'll uh, yeah, try and do the same in them. And obviously, you come back for the or was it bruised ribs or whatever you ended up diagnosed with the last time, straight back on it. You know, would you put that again down to the amount of work you did on your fitness? You've taken a couple of knocks, but you've been back quick and straight back on it. Would that have happened in previous seasons? Do you think? Uh, maybe not so quick, but yeah, I, I have to agree with you. Um, I said that all year that my, my fitness game's improved and that's helped me out so much. And coming back from a rib injury, I guess it weren't so much to do with fitness. Yeah, she's, uh, yeah, it was quite painful and I don't know how much the fitness would have done you know, for it. But yeah, I, I guess it's got to help, hasn't it? You know, I think maybe you know once I got over the pain and the pain was gone, it was easier to bounce back and get get straight back on it. Um, so yeah. In that respect, yeah, you know, that's helped me out a lot and I can't thank the guy that trained me enough and uh, I'm looking forward to getting back in the gym at the end of the season. So Gary, as you and I said just before that interview, that, that result ended beyond all mathematical possibility Edinburgh's playoff chances this season. It has to be said, based on away performances in the two vital meetings this very week, they, they, they didn't deserve to qualify. A painful reality for the Monarchs faithful, Gary? Yes, I think so. Um, Edinburgh's had a had a tough year this year, um, so I think it'll just be a case of you know what what's what's for next year. Have a look, you know, lick the wounds and, uh, and and come back fighting stronger next year. So you know, not everybody can make the playoffs. So you know, it's not been Edinburgh's year, but uh, you know. Um, see what next year brings. And certainly worthy of mention, Gary, you and I were delighted to be joined for a short while by the poor man's proclaimers, Mrs Munsey and Harley, uh, joined us on the Shieldfield Terraces on Saturday night, before they disappeared into the night, it must be said. Yeah, it was it was good to catch up uh, with uh, with Graham and, and Dave. Um, but you know they were they were fairly, uh, you know, they were very pragmatic. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were yeah, pragmatic, yeah. but and they, they, there was no, uh, you know, they were they were gracious in defeat. I think you could say. But uh, I won't yeah. disagree. I won't disagree. So a job well done for the Bandits. And a big derby win over Edinburgh to end the Monarchs' playoff ambitions for another season. And a storming performance from the home side ahead of part two of the evening, as they then faced Glasgow. 
So, to part two of Saturday night's Speedway extravaganza at Shieldfield Park, having taken care of the Monarchs, Berwick Riders then had to get back on track and do it all again, this time against Glasgow. The previous evening's cancellation at Ashfield and the effects of Somerset's results against Edinburgh this week simply meant that the Bandits had to close out their home league fixtures with a win over the Tigers, who themselves would have to scorch to a big away win to maintain any slim chances of yet topping the table. That all resulted, Gary, in, shall we say, some much-improved entertainment on all levels for the, the night's second meeting. Well, I think this one had a bit of everything, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Tigers made a great start. Uh, I mean, we, we always had a bit of concern that um, the track would slicken off. Now, we know that Glasgow likes slick tracks, um, and they go very well on them. Mm-hmm. So there was always in the back of the mind, there was, whilst there was like 20 minutes, 25 minutes to prepare mm-hmm. the track to, for the second meeting, it was always going to be that way. And, you know, Tigers were gating, gating very mm-hmm. well. So when we were standing together, you know, it was like, whoa, a bit nervy, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Tigers really took the fight to Berwick. Final scoreline on Saturday was Berwick 48, Glasgow 41. Berwick Bandits did secure the back-to-back home wins of that Speedway extravaganza at Shieldfield on Saturday night, denying Glasgow by the cruelest, cruelest of margins to even at a consolation point for their efforts on Saturday night. Um, Berwick had six heat winners on the night. Glasgow provided nine. Last places, Berwick 5, Glasgow 10. Heat advantages, Berwick 5, Glasgow 4. Looking at some of the top the scorers on the night, Danny Gap Meyer top scored for the Bandits on 11. Cody Garcia, that man again, 10 points from reserve. Jai Etheridge, 9 points from 4 rides in the end. Kevin Doolan, 6. And for the Tigers, uh, Craig Cook, 14 points from 6 rides. Klaus Wissing, a good performance for him around a, a former home track of his. A dozen points from 5 rides. Rasmus Jensen, 8. Kyle Bickley, 4. We'll have more reaction from Shieldfield Park after the break. We'll hear the thoughts of Gary Flint, Jai Etheridge and Michael Max. Back in two minutes. If you're a fan of Scottish junior football, then Just the Juniors is a must-listen for you here on Rocksport Radio. Nobody brings you more or better coverage of the junior game on radio than Bill Kilgower and John Redmond. Unrivaled knowledge, interviews with the managers, players and people who run junior football in Scotland. Every Friday, 8pm to 9pm is when you can hear Scotland's flagship junior football show. Make sure you're listening. Just the Juniors, brought to you by Plumbase, the trade's Premier League team. Leave the winter outside with Plumbase's hottest offers in Feel the Heat brochure. Get yours at your local Plumbase branch. At Motorpoint, we put the super into car supermarket. We're here to save the day with a choice of over 7,000 low-mileage, nearly new cars. Find your next car in a flash with our lightning-fast service and same-day drive-away. Plus, with Motorpoint's price pledge, if you find the same car for less, we'll match the price and give you a £50 Amazon voucher. Visit Motorpoint Glasgow today, just two minutes from Junction 3 of the M74. T's and C's apply. See website for details. The list of things you need to do gets longer at this time of year, whether that's for the house or in your business. So take one thing off your list right now. Your septic tank could need emptied. Let Grant Henderson Tankers empty your septic tank in the home or work, farm, factory or workshop at very competitive rates. 
We are septic tank specialists, experienced, safe, and dedicated to environmental safety with our own licensed disposal site. Find out more at wemovesh.it or call 01698 284987. Grant Henderson Tankers, let the experts manage your waste. William, Pamela and Anthony were sold investments by banks and ended up losing money. Luckily, they contacted Goodwin Barrett and were able to claim back a total of £65,500. If you've lost money on an investment sold by a bank, even if you no longer have it or the paperwork, just text GOOD to 6677 to discover how much you could be owed. That's GOOD to 6677. You don't need a claims management company to make a complaint and if unsuccessful, you can refer it free to the financial ombudsman. Love music. Live sport. Tapes up with Derek Smith and special guests on Rock Sport Radio. You're listening to Tapes Up with Derek Smith and Gary Tate on Rock Sport Radio. You can listen again to tonight's show and play back each show as the season progresses via podcast, accessible from the Rock Sport website, else from your favourite podcast app, inclusive of iTunes and Spotify. A big talking point around the first staging of Heat 15 on Saturday, but we will come to that, uh, Gary. Berwick, though, doing what they've done all season long, repelling all comers week on week, but again, if only as regards their away form, Gary, to date at least. Yeah, absolutely. And you look back at during the season, there's been some meetings where we have been in front, quite a bit in front, and not even got a point uh, away from home. Yeah. And that, it, it's proved costly. So It's fine margins, isn't it? It, it is. It certainly has been. I think I think that's a fair phrase for Berwick this year, fine margins, certainly. Because if we'd got points or a couple of points for draws when we've we've not received anything, you know, obviously we'd be further up the table. And that would take the pressure off because we now need to have two four-point wins at Birmingham and Newcastle uh, in order to overhaul yep. Somerset in the playoff place. So, yes, the away, the away from has been the Achilles heel. But again, that home defeat by Redcar has hurt us badly. A double dose of league wins then for the, for Berwick. Team manager Gary Flint had much to reflect on and much to be pleased with. Let's hear from him now in conversation with our Mr Tate, first talking about what had been a great night for the club. What an event. Um, unbelievable. I'm still a bit lost for words at the moment. Obviously, uh, the Edinburgh match kind of went the way we wanted it to go. Uh, we probably thought it was going to be a little bit harder. Uh, yeah, and the, you know the boys just done what they've been doing all season. Uh, great atmosphere in the crowd. It was it was unbelievable. And, you know, it was all what we wanted it to be, and you know what what a tense finish as well. Uh, we can do a bit of a tense finish right <laughs> enough. I mean, obviously with the uh, with the exclusion of, of Craig Cook and the move on on Jai and uh, some discussion afterwards, shall we say? But we'll we'll leave we'll leave yeah. that one there. But but certainly the second meeting was was far. Uh, tougher than than the first meeting. Yeah, well, we, we always knew it was going to be because you know the track was never going to be how it how it normally is on a Saturday. Um, you know, it just showed how much we demolished Edinburgh on the fresh track, and it was it was you know heat 16, 17, 18 was always going to be a lot slicker, um, and and that suited Glasgow a lot better than it. It, you know, a press track would have. So, yeah, we always knew it was going to be tough, and it went one way and then the other, and back and forward and back and forward. And it, you know, the the mental energy of the of the bandits say uh, to to pull it around and and go on and and get the win. And oh, 
also stop them getting a getting a point is just a, a credit to the boys really you know they fought for that for that badge on the chest and and showed to me what it meant to them as, as much as it means to me you know absolutely and it was quite a tough tough night for for Thomas certainly in the second meeting but I think uh, special mention I would think I mean they've all done a great job yeah. but special mention to to Jai Etheridge and and Cote yeah Cote had a oh, great night unbelievable unbelievable you know for for him to turn his season around again uh, and that's just what we need you know that kind of had a feeling going in tonight that we we were hitting form at the right time so you know we finish our home meetings and we know what we need to go and do away now and you know it's going to be tough but tonight showed you know the bandits they they never lie down you can hear Gary the the, the sheer relief and elation on Gary's voice there in, in conversation with you on Saturday night all season long he's spoken about the self-belief within this team Yes, I mean, when we went to get the interviews with Gary, I actually seen Jamie as well, Jamie Courtney, and, and he was buzzing as well. And the whole place had to go through where the corporal hospitality was. The place was still buzzing. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. Speedway was very much the winner. Mm -hmm. But yes, you can hear the relief in Gary's voice um, because we knew it was going to be, particularly the second meet, it was going to be tough because of potentially the track. And it played out that way. But obviously we, we got the result we needed. But yes, he has had a self-belief in the in, in the team. We have been unlucky with injuries, certainly with Nikolai Busk-Jakobsen um, a couple of times. But obviously we've got Thomas Sage on us in injuries now. So we are performing quite well at the moment so uh, you know we've just got to see what we can do in the next two away meetings <laughs> Right then let's deal with Heat 15 certainly the major talking point of the evening I'd suggest Craig Cook disqualified for what was deemed an untidy pass on Jai Etheridge going into turn one certainly warmed everyone up Gary on Saturday night Oof did it not yeah uh, controversial um, and it because it's such a fast pacey track depending on where you're looking at it you know it's difficult to see um, I mean we've seen a some pictures we've seen mm -hmm. seen a video and and I think we we do agree now that there, there was contact mm -hmm. although uh, some like con yep. Yep. it appears to be in contact and and as I say the speed that's generated in in Shieldfield, you know mm -hmm. it again it comes down to fine margins but there was there's those in the camp that think never touched them mm -hmm. there's those in the camp mm -hmm. very much touched them mm -hmm. so. And, and somewhere in between, but you know, accepting contact, but not but questioning how much contact there would yeah. have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's always going to be uh, mixed views, but you know, the 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 main decision is is Jim McGregor's, who was the the referee. So uh, he's in the referee box, and we were chatting earlier. Mm -hmm. When when you look at the referee's box, you can see the first bend very well, and you've got a good view of it. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and I thought it was very interesting because Jim McGregor was very quick to leave the referee's box and make his way onto the centre green, um, which was the very reason why Cammy Brown, to protest, had to also join the centre green. He couldn't phone Jim McGregor on uh, straight after the incident. Yeah, I mean that that was unusual. I, I can't say I've seen seen that before, but uh, you know there was some some calming down being undertaken. It all added you know, to the uh, added to the excitement to the body temperatures on a chilly. Saturday night, didn't but it? But the main thing is, you know, nobody was hurt. No, that's right. Um, and, you know, there, there will be, Glasgow will be disappointed, you know, because mm -hmm. they were going for that, the, the point. But whether the point really makes much difference, it doesn't really, in the grand scale of things, you really needed to, to try and get I a four-pointer to yep. try and get up yep. to, to the top of the table. But, you know, it added to the occasion. And speedway, speedway, and it's it's high adrenaline and, you know, things happening. And, you know, it just added to the buzz. Mm -hmm. You're right. And we're, people were talking about it for, for ages after, exactly, you know. Exactly, so. yeah. Listen, let, let's now hear from one of the men at the centre of that incident. Bandit's top scorer across both meetings on Saturday night, Jai Etheridge. It was a spot-on night, had a bike working awesome, and uh, David Howe was unreal on the spanners. 
And uh, so, uh, first paid match of the season, I believe, for you in the first meeting against Edinburgh? Yeah, yeah. Been close a few times uh, for Max, but uh, it was good to get it there. Yeah, good. And uh, the uh, the second meeting, Glasgow really made Bandits work hard for that victory. Yeah, the track suited them a, a lot better in the second one, and the starts weren't the same as what we had them in the first meeting, so we kind of had to change and do a few things, but now we come out with a victory in the end. And Heat 15, uh, a, bit of a bit of a coming together with, with Craig Cook, and uh, you know you came off on, uh, on the first bend. Are you all right? Yeah, yeah I'm all fine. Uh, but there was a few words exchanged at, at first, and then... Uh, Craig had kind of apologised after it once he we'd both cooled down and that. So, but no, it's yeah, it's racing. Ah, it is. It is that speed, isn't it? So, moving on to Wednesday, Birmingham. We need the four points. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I think we we can get the four points there, and then four points at Glasgow. See us into the playoffs. And I don't think many people want to take us on. Gary, great to hear that Jai was none the worse for for his fall in Heat 15. Sounds like a man content with life and still feeling that the bandits can do this. Yes, he's uh, he has this this uh, you know certainly the, the confidence when you speak to him he has this confidence on the side of the team um, and uh, you know he's just echoing really what's coming from from management down is that you know that, that there is a self belief in this this side uh, that they can go and get the results so you know it's in our hands we need to need to go and perform and get these four points there's, it, it, there's no there's no other there's no there's, there's no two ways, ways about it. it no exactly listen quite rightly it was the it was mainly the bandits uh, that everyone was talking about on Saturday a terrific event staged very well indeed by the club on Saturday from a Glasgow perspective just short of taking a consolation point uh, for me though it was it was more about the performance which helped to put some of our recent concerns to bed well straight after the meeting I caught up with Tigers co-promoter Michael Max for his thoughts on the meeting, the team and that Heat 15 incident. Yeah, away from home we've ridden really, really well all season and this is one at the beginning of the campaign where we let ourselves down a bit in our first away match in the in the Shield so to come back here we we, we looked at a very different side, we put behind us what happened at home to Scunthorpe and I think we've set ourselves back in for the, the last few meetings of the season. The biggest problem at the moment seems to be the weather, we're just not getting enough track time, enough meetings under our belts and uh, of course we try again at Ashfield on Tuesday night. Yeah, we're going to have to cram in uh, the last three fixtures before the cutoff. We're not mathematically uh, into the playoffs yet, but I think we just need one more point to, to be absolutely sure. So if we can get that sorted, uh, then we can kind of take it a little bit easier and prepare for whatever tests await us in the playoffs. <laughs> 41 points gained at Shieldfield Park tonight. Many more points than Edinburgh managed in the, in the first half of the double header. So again, performance terms, has it steadied the ship on, on the back of that Scunthorpe performance? I'd like to think so. I don't think we were panicking too much. I mean, we spoke to the riders after the, the Scunthorpe meeting. We accepted that we tried to get a meeting on that we probably shouldn't have but time wise was against us and it caught us out so as much as the riders will be disappointed the promotion the management we take the bulk of the blame for that one by making them ride in a track that didn't ride as well as we would have hoped albeit Scunthorpe rode it very well and of course heading into the playoffs a few weeks off of course until we know our fate in terms of the semi-final opposition I guess the job over the next next couple of weeks is just to re- regain some momentum ahead of those players yeah I mean we we're the kind of team this year that has, with the exception of Birmingham, hammered no one at home and uh, been slaughtered by no one away. So we're a team that are competitive home and away. The fairness of the Ashfield track means that the, the, the racing is, is very, very good bar for, for last week. So from that perspective, we know what we're capable of. We've had to make that one enforced team change with Salmon for, for Paul, which was a, 
which was difficult. Sam's beginning to find his feet. He's maybe not getting the points he deserves yet. He had that unfortunate fall in the last end of the last heat that cost his victory at, at Leicester, and he had a fall tonight, winning good position in his first. So things haven't quite just clicked for him, but you can definitely see there's a rider there. And when Paul's fit, a week, two weeks time, we're going to have a decision to make. I was going to mention the, the Paul's start situation. The Paul on last week's show suggested he might just be a week or so away now from returning to the saddle. If Paul gives a, a, a health assessment, I, I imagine the club are in favour of reintroducing him. That would be the case, but he's unfortunately had a very minor setback, so I think you can look at another week or so before um, he'll be able to ride again. I would say if we get him for the Scottish Cup in the playoffs, then that would be great and decisions to be made, whether we stick with Sam or bring Paul back in. I've got to mention Heat 15, because you know we like the excitement, we like the, the, to get the crowd going. Uh, the, the events of the first running of Heat 15 certainly did that. Craig Cook, Jay Etheridge coming together. Yeah, um, obviously at the time you have your own view of it we're depending on where you're standing and what angle and my view at the time was that Jai just fell on his own he came under a bit of pressure and I wouldn't say bottled it but kind of got a little bit rattled by Craig being there and, and he fell off and we were really really shocked to see Craig's exclusion light on uh, and such as social media that uh, it won't be very long before everyone has a chance to have a look at it and see what see what they think obviously we're going to kind of still think what we think and uh, so McGregor's going to have to look at it and see if he feels he's made a mistake or not. It's all very much about opinions, Gary. You and I certainly seen things differently on Saturday night too, but because I needed to run home from you, I had to quickly uh, find my grace, my good grace, and just nod and play along with you. Yeah, I'm not sure it was quite like that. <laughs> there was some, some discussion there. There was one thing too in that interview that was quite interesting was when Michael talked about the Scun- Scunthorpe match and he, he talked about the, the promotion and the management um, uh, had to take responsibility for making the riders that, that ride. Was, that was the word they when, used, yeah. When the track was maybe, and it didn't ride as they expected it to. And it, I just found that mm-hmm. a funny turn of mm-hmm. phrase mm-hmm. because, you know, Speedway, Speedway, there's mm-hmm. two teams, they need to go and they need to ride mm-hmm. the track as is, mm-hmm. as is prepared. Yeah. So it just, it just was a, a, a funny it, turn of phrase for me. It sounds perhaps that that's been the handshake between the promotion and the riders over that particular... That particular meeting. Yeah, possibly, yeah. So certainly that second meeting added to the sense of enjoyment on Saturday night. Absolutely a job well done for the bandits who gave their all for the black and gold cause. Onwards now to Birmingham on Wednesday night with a very clear mission. The supporters are to keep their dreams alive beyond this week and every week ahead to be discussed shortly. To yesterday now, the final meeting of a hectic and conclusive weekend of Speedway would see Edinburgh travel on to face Newcastle Diamonds on Tyneside. Results as fast that this past few days had meant that in effect nothing was at stake. All playoff hopes extinguished the previous night at Berwick. Gary, league points, pay packets and pride to race further. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, once mathematically you can't make it, it's, it's all about, I suppose, um, you know, cementing a, a bit of form towards the end of the season and, as you say, uh, boosting the pay packets and uh, getting as far up the table as you can. Absolutely. final scoreline from Tyneside was Newcastle Diamonds 51, Edinburgh Monarchs 39. Another defeat on the road for the Monarchs, a home win, of course, for the Diamonds. And... Uh, it, it, you know, they're not amongst the movers and shakers, Gary, in terms of the playoff chase. So, uh, you know, damage limitation, I would imagine. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the, the meetings need to be written. Uh, the Diamonds have a KO Cup final to look forward to with Red Car as well. So, uh, you know, uh, 
Absolutely. This is not over. No, absolutely. That's, that's a, a big occasion yet to come for the Diamonds fans. So still two home league meetings to come for Edinburgh as they will look to wind down the 2019 season with some muted successes at Armadale. OK, let's now turn attention to all Speedway yet to be raced this coming week. Gary, this might have to be a, a, a canter, I suggest, uh, looking at the, the clock here in the studio. So it starts off tomorrow night. Glasgow Tigers will be pretty desperate to return to the Ashfield Stadium base for a midweek league fixture as they continue to try and fulfil all fixtures. Taking the trip north tomorrow night will be those very same Newcastle Diamonds following their win over Edinburgh yesterday. Gary, we covered off those most recent outings by both clubs over the weekend. Despite their league position, still some points to earn to make the playoff. Glasgow Scott some work to do to, to make the playoffs a mathematical certainty and clearly still need to ride themselves into some settled form once again, particularly at Ashfield. Yes, I mean, a lot of the, the meetings at Ashfield, they've not been canters, uh, you know, I think probably Birmingham's about the only one. But uh, but yes, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you need to be hitting a bit for them uh, at the moment. And let's face it, Glasgow are in the playoffs. I mean, even though mathematically they're, uh, they can still not get there, they're there. <laughs> I'm sleeping well at night, I've got to say. This is the Newcastle Diamonds side, you know, they've, they have underperformed this season. They've got a lot of talent in that side. Ulrich Ostercard now pushed down to the reserve berth, Gary, and that's got to be a threat uh, against the Tigers tomorrow night. Um, certainly Craig Cook appeared to dispel any concerns over his current frame of mind on Saturday night at Shieldfield. It is my understanding that his Speedway Control Board appeal hearing will be held on Wednesday of this week, something he will clearly need to put out of his mind tomorrow night, Gary. Yes, uh, you know, Craig, Craig rode well on uh, on Saturday night uh, at Berwick. Uh, and yes, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he's he's there. He's Glasgow number one. Uh, I, I'm sure he is thinking about the hearing, but he, I'm sure when he, he puts the helmet on, he'll be thinking more around, you know, uh, Glasgow and, and racking up the points for them. Of course. Surely Glasgow will not have a better opportunity to put in a steadying the ship confidence-boosting performance tomorrow night. We'll shortly preview Glasgow's other two fixtures this week. Next up, this Wednesday night, we will see that critical league clash for Berwick Bandits as they visit basement side Birmingham Brummies. The Brummies are blowing hot and cold at the moment, but did manage to earn a home draw against Scunthorpe last week. Gary, the, the truth remains though that Birmingham have only won four out of their nine home meetings in the league this season. They found a return to the championship hard going. They have. I mean, to be honest, I think it's great that Birmingham are in the uh, in the the. the Championship uh, this year, and uh, you know it's just a shame they found it quite tough. Yep, four out of nine home meetings, only one not good form. So fingers crossed, Berwick can go down and uh, and get the four points that we need. Well, looking forward to this one is Berwick team manager Gary Flint. Here he is, looking ahead to the remaining challenges away from Shieldfield Park, and he has some words of praise for the Glasgow support. We've got the same group of guys together again on Wednesday. We're Ben Gaston again, so. His 14 points at Birmingham last week will, will certainly help us going into into Wednesday night. And obviously Wednesday is the, the match down at Birmingham. Must win, needs to be four points. We can't afford any other slip-ups. Uh, so we've got two away meetings, we need two four-pointers four, two four and we can pip Somerset. Yeah, that's it, exactly. And, you know, look at the this time last year, we went up and won Edinburgh. Uh, 
we should have beaten them by four points, which would have put us in the in the in the playoffs. And it's a very surreal feeling coming away from an away match when when you win, and knowing that it's probably not going to be enough. So, you know, we don't want to feel that again. These boys are, uh, you know, they're they're ready to go to war. I said that at the start of the year. We put a, a group of lads together that are, are ready to go to war for each other. And Thomas has come in and, and fitted straight into that. And and even Ben, you know, he's been, you know, a lifelong friend of mine. And and, you know, I, if I was looking for somebody to go to war with, it would be him because he's daft enough to go and, and go in first and get shot first. So. <laughs> and then just the final matches, the Tigers, we don't know when the date is, but that could be quite a, um, quite an interesting one after the, the way it finished here. That's it, exactly. And you know what? That, that crowd, it was unbelievable. I've never been to a speedway meeting that I've been involved in. And, and have an atmosphere like that and you know the Glasgow fans played a huge part of that when we were when we were beating Edinburgh uh, I can't remember who it was somebody passed one of the Glas uh, the Edinburgh boys and then Glasgow fans went crazy I've never had a feeling like that in my life and you know what it's unbelievable and yeah we can't wait to get to, to Birmingham and, and Glasgow now Ready to go to war great words from, from Gary and, and fighting talk quite literally uh, Wednesday night now becomes the most critical of the entire season Gary yeah, I mean, there's no no slippage. We need four points, maximum points over the next two. So, uh, so yeah, uh, big fight uh, on Wednesday, and we just need to keep that dream alive. If we can, we'll quickly fit in some score predictions from the studio before we go tonight. An interesting meeting in prospect at Perry Bar on Wednesday night. Good luck to the Bandits. Can they claim the necessary away win at just the perfect time? We will discuss next week. On to Friday night now, Edinburgh get set to face Sheffield Tigers at Armadale Stadium, with the Monarchs now out of contention to make the playoff challenge. The only other side, other than Berwick, who can now force their way into those playoffs are Sheffield Tigers. However, that would take two four-point away wins at Armadale and at Ashfield this coming weekend. Gary, we've spoken about Sheffield over the course of the season, how they've, under, how they've surely underachieved, something Simon Stead himself has stated recently. Yes, uh, I, we have mentioned it before uh, on the show as well. As when when you've seen the, the the clubs at the or the teams at the start of the season, Sheffield is not one that you would expect to see where they are just now in the table at this time of the year. So, yeah, I I think I'd agree with with Simon Stead that uh, you know that that team has underachieved this year. Sheffield Tigers still haven't won away from home this season. They did go very close at Eastbourne recently, but have only collected three points from their travels to date. It surely is entirely inconceivable that uh, they can now run off back-to-back big wins at Edinburgh and Glasgow this weekend. Although they, they have welcomed back Brock Nicholl, that precocious talent. 17 points he scored at Arlington last Saturday. Yeah, Brock Nicholl is, uh, you know, it's uh, another, you know, re-signing uh, is a good signing there. But uh, I'm certainly hopeful that uh, our friends at Armadale and our friends at Ashfield will uh, will do the the bandits a favour and uh, and give Sheffield nothing. So for all of us, so we will become a little bit a bit more reflective in the coming weeks here on Tapes Up, and we'll run the rule perhaps rider by rider over the Scottish sides uh, over the course of this season. For now, though, a great looking meeting at Armadale on Friday night. Certainly, the Monarchs will want a big win in front of their home fans, while Sheffield will mark it down as a must win before they visit Glasgow the next night. Also on Friday night, down in Cleveland, there will be a notable league encounter between two sides 
Leeds likely to be in the playoff battle to come. Current second-placed Glasgow travel to meet current third-placed Red Car Bears. A near top of the table clash, Gary, and one which at this time of the season could well be much more about psychology than league points. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think it'll be a good a good benchmark to see where, where both clubs are. Obviously, we don't know who's going to be riding against who in the playoffs. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think a lot of it will be the, the psychological uh, who's on form. But perhaps it would take a phone call to, to Leicester to know for sure. But Redcar and Glasgow could well be seeing a lot of one another in the next few weeks. Who knows, perhaps even for the title itself. I can barely allow myself to believe it. Friday's meeting therefore has a, a certain edge to it, Gary. Yes, it has. It has. And, uh, you know, it's, we've said it is the sharp end of the season. Um, and, you know, Redcar haven't, similar to Glasgow, they haven't been hammering people at the South Tees Motor Park. So, you know, the teams will be going there to give it a good shot. Berwick did that a few weeks ago and came away with a point. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so uh, Glasgow can look you know, to that. I think it's going to be an interesting uh, matchup. The very next night, Saturday, it will be Glasgow's turn to almost close out their championship calendar with the visit of those fellow Tigers from Sheffield, whose visit the previous evening to Edinburgh will have determined if they remain on course mathematically to sneak a playoff spot. Gary, I'll stand by everything we've said already about Sheffield. They will be dangerous opponents for Glasgow, regardless of the circumstances. Yes, uh, I mean, you know, it, it, it becomes. Um sometimes pride for teams and they, they, they finish the season strongly again going back to Berwick last year they, they finished the season very strongly it's looking again they could be very strong you know there's no reason why Sheffield will not come and uh, come at the blocks fighting absolutely we've talked lots about Glasgow slip up to, to Scunthorpe and you know some question marks so on, on the back of that Glasgow have uh, well they'll, they'll use this meeting on, on uh, tomorrow night uh, against Newcastle and again on Saturday to try and find some level of dominance around their home circuit the Tigers haven't hit 50 points at home since the end of June Gary that's the scale of the uplift that we now quickly need to find ahead of the playoffs yes but again the season you've had you've You've run teams close at home as well. When you've been away from home, you've run the, the, the home true. teams close. Yeah. So um, I think it might be a bit of a concern in terms of, uh, you know, the, the aggregate, like for the the KO Cup mm-hmm. and, uh, and the Shield, you know, the aggregate and the playoffs. defeats and yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. But now you're coming at the playoffs, mm-hmm. you, you will be looking for that. Uh, you know that that I suppose that ruthless streak and you know really hitting into the fifty points at home. You really need to do it's that. Got, it's got to come. Cammy Brown will demand his side to recover and display the level of performance he knows they are capable of once again. It's a must-win on that basis alone. We'll look at how it turned out on next week's show. Just a very, very quick 30-second uh, look at the championship standings, guys. So not a lot of movement in the top four. That The, the same four sides still hanging on to their uh, playoff places. It now looks, well, it's now a, a straight fight between Sheffield and Berwick, the only remaining sides who, with two four-point back-to-back away wins, could still catch, or would still catch Somerset, Gary. Yeah, I think it's as clear-cut as that. You know, um, both Sheffield and Berwick need to, to do it the hard way. It's exciting, it's exciting. Listen, let's do this very, very quickly. A quick review, a quick round-up of the fixtures this week and our thoughts and score predictions. So, it starts off tomorrow night, Ashfield Stadium, Glasgow versus Newcastle. Uh, I'll go 51-39 to Glasgow. 52-38 for the Tigers win. On Wednesday, Birmingham versus Berwick, Gary. Oh, I have to go uh, 49-41 to Berwick. <laughs> I've got 47-43 to Birmingham. Uh, Friday night, Edinburgh versus Sheffield. Um, I think Edinburgh will be 
too strong. I think it'll probably be about 52-38. 49-41, I have to the Monarchs. Also on Friday night in Cleveland, Redcard versus Glasgow. Um, I think probably about 49-41 to Redcar. You've been looking at my answers. That's the same score I have. <laughs> and then on Saturday, back at Ashfield Stadium, weather permitting, Glasgow versus Sheffield. Um, I think Glasgow will win that one. I think 50-40. I'm going to give Mick Simon stead tonight and give him, give him a point. 48-42, uh, to 42, a, t- a Glasgow Tigers win. Weather permitting, of course. Gary, we're, we're about to bring the chequered flag down on this week's show. It's been a race against time to fit everything in. So many talking points. Not for the first time. Thanks for your company and input here in the Tapes Up studio. Hope you're keeping on top of those playoff qualification nerves, Gary. Yeah, I've just got everything crossed that we get the two away wins, <laughs> two maximum away wins that we can. It's a tall order, don't get me wrong, um, And but I think the boys are up for it and, uh, you know, fingers crossed. Thank you, Gary. Thanks too for all the interviews featured tonight. Well, the fixture flurry may almost be over, but which four clubs will remain standing and harbouring remaining dreams of being crowned champions for 2019? We hope to tell you next week. Until then, enjoy your week, enjoy your speedway. Good night. Good night. Love music. Live sport. Tapes up with Derek Smith and special guests on Rock Sport Radio.